Kia ora, g'day and welcome to the history of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Episode 71, Rupe, the kind brother. This podcast is supported by our amazing patrons. If you want to support Hans, go to patreon.com slash history Aotearoa. Hina Uri, whose husband the madcap Maui had turned into a dog, had thrown herself into the sea in her grief. For many months she floated through the ocean, the tides washing her to and fro, until the surf washed her up on a beach. There she was found by two brothers, her body covered in seaweed and barnacles for the length of time that she had been in the water. Despite this, they could still see that she was young and beautiful and they took pity on the girl. They lifted her up and carried her home to their house, laying her down carefully by the side of the fire. They very gently scraped off the seaweed and barnacles from her body as the fire warmed her up. Gradually, as she was revived, she sat up and spread her hands to the blaze. In the heat, her wrinkled skin tightened and the colour came back into her face and hands. When she had recovered, the two brothers looked upon her with pleasure and took her as a wife between them both. They then asked her to tell them who she was and what was her name. She didn't tell them this, instead changing her name, calling herself Iranga Hupea, or the Stranded Log of Timber. After she had been living with the brothers for some time, one of them went to pay a visit to the Rangatera, Tiniro, and in so doing, he told the chief all about what had happened. When Tiniro had heard the full story, he hastened to their whare, and as soon as he saw Hina Uri, he said, She shall be my wife. And in despite of her protests, she was given up to him, and taken back to his whare. Additionally, at this point, she was heavily pregnant with one of the brother's children. Tiniro's home was on the island of Motutapu, the sacred isle, and he already had two other wives living with him. As soon as the two women saw Hina Uri, they immediately disliked her. They insulted her and called her names, and even went so far as to strike her and to make plans to kill her. On top of all this, Hina Uri still loved her husband, the one that Maui had taken away from her, and her sorrow increased within her daily. Hina Uri was not one to take this lying down though. She was of the same blood as Maui, and she refused to submit to these indignities, and one day, she rose and chanted a powerful incantation to the gods. The birds and insects fell silent as her chant rose in the cold morning air. Even the leaves of the trees ceased their endless whispering, and Tiniro's wives felt their blood running cold in their veins. As the chant ended, they swayed and fell, laying cold and lifeless on the ground with their feet pointing up. Tenido took no notice of them. He led Hina Uri back to his whare and gazed upon her beauty. But Hina Uri stared back at him with unseeing eyes. Ever since Hina Uri saw her husband turned into a dog, she had been lost to her friends, and her brother, Maui Mua, had been searching for her. His excessive love for his sister and sorrow at her departure so harassed him that he could no longer remain at rest. He felt a deep, compelling need to find his sister or find out what had happened to her. 
He searched far and wide, asking anyone he came across. But no one could tell him where she had gone. While he was still grieving for her, a sudden thought came to his mind. Maui Mua had the idea to ascend into the heavens to consult his great ancestor, the god Rehua, who dwelled near the top. The one problem with this plan is that Maui Mua could only reach the high heavens by flying as a bird. With magic spells and incantations, he changed himself into a rupe, known to us today as the Kiridu. With his transformation complete, Maui Mua, now known as Rupe, began his long ascent. He searched everywhere he could for Rehua, until at last he came to a place where people lived, asking them, are the heavens above this inhabited? The people answered him, they are inhabited. With that, Rupe replied, can I reach those heavens? But he was then told, you cannot reach them. The heavens above these are those the boundaries of which were fixed by Tane himself. Despite this, Rupe forced a way up through those heavens and got above them, and there he also found a place where people were dwelling. He asked those people, are the heavens above these inhabited? And they answered him, they are inhabited. Once again he asked, do you think I can reach them? And they replied, no, you will not be able to reach them because those heavens were fixed there by Tane himself. Despite this even, Rupe forced a way through those heavens too, and thus he continued to do so until he reached the 10th heaven, the place where Rehua was said to dwell. Rupe searched around and found the whare of Rehua, the god of kindness. When Rehua saw the stranger approach, he went forward and gave him the usual karanga, welcoming him into his home. Rehua did this without knowing who the stranger was, But Rupe, in his own karanga, made use of prayers by which he enabled Rehua to guess who he was. As Rupe looked at his face, he knew that his ancestor would help him. He bowed before him and told him of his long search for his sister. Rehua embraced him and ordered his servants to cook food for the weary traveller. The servants quickly made a fire that burned brightly and laid before them hollow calabashes that were ready for food to be placed in them. Rupe thought this was all highly unusual and wondered where the food was going to come from. Not long after he had this thought, Rehua removed the thick bands that kept his hair together, shaking his locks over the calabashes. As he did so, many flocks of tui flew out, which had been nestling in his hair, with the servants catching them and cooking them. They filled the calabashes with the newly cooked birds, and the god bid his guest to eat. However, Rupe was reluctant to eat the birds that had come from the sacred hair of Rehua, and he refused to eat the delicious food. Some say that the calabashes remain untouched to this day, while others say that he did eat, and for that reason his voice became hoarse, as it is today. At last, Rupe plucked up the courage to ask the god of kindness if he had heard any voices coming from the world below that related to his sister. Rehua answered him, Yes, such a murmuring of distant voices has reached me from the island of Motutapu in the world below these. Upon hearing this, Rupe wasted no time. He quickly dived through the ten heavens until he reached Motutapu, where he sat on Teniro's windowsill. 
He watched people walk by and go about their business, trying to see if any of them were his sister. It wasn't long before someone spotted him, saying, There's a bird! There's a bird! Someone else saying, Make haste! Spare him! Spare him! A spear came towards him, but Rupe turned aside with his bill and it went past him, striking the wood on which he was sitting. More and more people gathered, trying to kill or capture the bird. They threw spears, stones, or even tried putting a noose over its head. But no matter what they did, Rupe turned, ducked, and dodged out of the way. Hina Uri was in a different house, nursing her young child, when someone came and excitedly told her, Hina, Hina, come and see this kereru! She did as she was bid, coming out with her child to see what all the fuss was about. As she got closer, she got a better look at the kereru, and quickly realised who it was. Why have you come here? she asked him, and the kereru immediately began to open and shut its bill, as if it was trying to speak. Rupe then gave a greeting to his sister that finally confirmed who he was. It is Hina, it is Hina, who was lost at Motutapu. Yes, truly, she is here. Hina Uri then replied, It is Rupe, it is Rupe, the elder brother. Yes, truly, he is here. Even in this small interaction, Rupe saw that she was unhappy on the sacred isle. So before she had even finished her greeting, he swept both her and her baby high into the heavens, back to where Rehua lived. As they flew further and further into the heavens, they carried the placenta of her baby with them, with the intention of burying it with all the sacred rites. Unfortunately, at some point during their travels, the placenta was dropped into the sea, and was devoured by a shark, which is why we now find large eggs inside of them. Rupe and Hina Uri stayed with Rehua for many long years, with Rupe keeping the god's home free of dust and dirt. For his service, Rupe was allowed to erect his own whare next to Rehua's, which he did. However, he set up one of the beams incorrectly, which swung down and hit Rehua's son, Kaitangata. Slowly, his blood dripped through the heavens, staining them, which we can see at the end of the day with the setting sun. If you want to send me feedback, ask a question, suggest a topic, or just have a chinwag, you can find my email and social media on historyaotearoa.com. Aotearoa spelt A-O-T-E-A-R-O-A. You can also find helpful resources there, like transcripts, sources, and translations for some of the Te Reo Māori we have used. You can help support Hans through Patreon, buying merch, or giving us a review. It means a lot and helps spread the story of Aotearoa New Zealand. As always, haere tu atu, tu mai. See you next time. <laughs>